Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the Bruins beat on September 12th. We're doing things a little differently here. Usually for the, for this change is nothing for people on video, but audio wise, uh, usually I do a little intro, talk about the conversation. I said, you know what? We're going to dive straight into the conversation and that's what we're going to do. It's September 12th. It's the Bruins beat. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, obviously a crazy weekend in sports you had the Patriots their first game you were there you get to see Tom Brady's return but I think the return everybody's talking about is uh my return to the ice on Monday night for men's league I think that's what I think that's what people are talking about most now we record this on Monday so I don't know what happened yet but I can only assume I scored like five or six goals maybe somewhere around there so easily easily I mean that's just that's a that's a low guesstimate that's a low guesstimate. Um, but uh, for in all seriousness, though, the Brady return, that must have been pretty sick. Yeah, it was cool. Um, again, it's, you can only do so much when you have like 10 minutes during a halftime to really put everything together. Um, thankfully, they actually scored some points before the halves. So it wasn't 16 nothing, But it, the optics would have been a little bit uh, a little bad there. You probably would have had more Brady chance to go back into the game. But um, no, it was always good to get him back. Uh, they have another ceremony next summer. They're going to have Brady back to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. So really cool to see. Uh, loudest I've heard Gillette Stadium in a long, long time. And all things considered, game was pretty good, I thought. Again, I'm more of an optimist this year. I think that maybe the standards have lowered a little bit. But who's by five? Offense looks somewhat competent. I'll take it. I'll take it, Evan. Yeah, I don't blame you. I just I I, I appreciate the uh, the optimism. I thought it was a good football game in general, but uh, you got to win that game for the Patriots. I just I don't know. It's because we're conditioned from the from the Brady years. I mean, they win that game every time. But uh, anyways, I know our listeners do not want to listen to any uh, Patriot stuff. They do. Patriots beat is a great podcast to go listen to. You should, you should definitely do that. Um, but on this episode, so. For the, the 100 players, uh, the all-time 100 players for the Bruins comes out on Tuesday. We're recording this Monday, so we, you know, we don't have that list to to give away yet. Um, so we want to spend this episode talking about something that you and I have kind of, we've, we've talked about here and there, but never very in-depth. We kind of just mention it in passing. It's the Atlantic Division, sort of a preview of what the Bruins are going to be up against in their own division this year. Uh, and we're not going to go team by team going, who do they have? Oh, they're, who's in net for them? It's more so we want to get to stuff and questions that are pertinent and that you care about the most. So we'll start here because I think this is sort of the biggest question in terms of the Atlantic Division. And, you know, for the last bunch of years, there's been a 
solidified top three in the Atlantic. Any combo of Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay. Obviously, Florida went to the cup last year. They were not in the top three after the regular season for the Atlantic. So um, which team of the remaining Atlantic division teams in your eyes is the biggest threat to potentially supplant the Bruins in the top three? Yeah. I mean, I think you're looking at uh, teams that can make that push, obviously. So we're looking at beyond just like the Toronto, Tampa. Yes. Right? Leaving, I should so. have prefaced that. We're leaving Tampa and Toronto out. Okay. We're assuming they're Newcomers in that top three. are going to push themselves well. up. Yes. I mean, I mean, obviously the one sticks out is Florida. I mean, they did it in the playoffs. <laughs> and again, you look at that what? team they have. They did? No, they didn't. And I mean, we talked about it all last year. Like, t- the talent's there. Like, if for them, it's all about we tried to take a step back from their President's Trophy last year, but you can see the potential. They have a lot of guys. They have a lot of high shot volume guys. Matthew Kachuk went on an absolute heater during the playoffs. Um, again, Spencer Knight is back. We'll see how he does. Like, you still have talent all around there. That's the team you should expect to be in that playoff picture. They shouldn't be what they were last year where they had to sneak into the playoffs just to get there. That shouldn't be the case for a team like that. Um, so that team makes a lot of sense in terms of being one that can give a team like the Bruins that are maybe hovering around that third spot, wild card spot, uh, some fits this upcoming year. Um, Cause I think that's what we even said last year, right? Like we expected them to really take a step back, but taking a step back when you win a president's trophy and you're leading the league in points, doesn't mean you're going to bottom out from there to out of the playoffs. We expected them to be more of a, Kind of what they were this year, like third, third spot, wild card, what have you. Um, so they can kind of get back to equilibrium and um, build off of last year. I think that team's going to be right in the mix. I don't expect a really uh, major setback from them. They have a lot of talent all across the lineup. Um, so I think that team makes a lot of sense. But then I think if you're looking at maybe teams that have been outside of the playoff picture, they can make a big push forward. I think Buffalo is the team that really sticks out, right? They have ton of young talent. Um, they've, you know, really done a good job the last couple of years of building a young core moving forward. I mean, a lot of teams were killed to have guys like Power and Darling, and um, you've had Tage Thompson step up and turn into a superstar over the last couple of seasons. For them, it's all going to come down to Devin Levi and what he can do, right? If he uh, lives up to the hype as a potential franchise goalie and puts himself in the conversation, not to say that He's to win the Vezina or anything, but if he gives them what Buffalo has not had in a long time, which is really stable top flight goaltending game in and game out, uh, that's kind of the last missing piece for that team. It's not to say that all of a sudden they're going to put up 115 points, what have you, but they're going to be right in the picture, I think, if Levi uh, steps two. So I think that's a team you really have to worry about if you're the Bruins in terms of making that next step forward. What's interesting is you know, you, you mentioned the two main teams, I think, in Florida and Buffalo and um, our good friends and our partners over at FanDuel uh, have the Bruins as uh, for Stanley Cup outright betting right now. Uh, the Bruins are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're eighth right now at plus 1500, but they're second out of Atlantic division teams. It goes Toronto, Boston, then, well, actually they're tied with Tampa. I'm sorry. They're tied with Tampa with, with second. Uh, and then Florida's right behind them at plus 2000. And it's interesting because Florida's going to enter this year with some injuries. Um, and I think like to offer sort of the devil's advocate to, to your Florida stuff, like you're right. You know, all that stuff's correct. They're obviously now a battle tested team. They have a, specific identity they lost Gudis uh over the offseason that's gonna potentially hurt them um but you also look at you know Kachuk recovering from injury Bobrovsky historically is not a very consistent goalie he just kind of got really really hot in the playoffs um you know obviously you mentioned Spencer Knight how he'll be when he gets back 
So I think that team sort of has a lot of boom or bust to it. Um, and I, I put them more on the side of bust. Uh, and I, I, I'm not saying like they're going to bottom out, but it wouldn't shock me if they're in the same sort of situation they were as last year, where they're fighting for a wild card spot, not so much fighting for top three. I think when you look at the pieces, they're young, but that Sabres seems good. Now, again, you mentioned it, goaltending for them, Levi, uh, Ukapeka, Lukanen, like sort of unproven. You you do have to see what you have there. All those rumors about Hellebuck going to Buffalo never materialized. materialized. Um, but I, I like that's a team that, of that bottom group of the Atlantic, of the Montreals, which we'll get to in a bit in Chicago, not Chicago, Montreal and Ottawa and, and Detroit. Like that's the team that's the rebuilds working, you know, Tage Thompson and Cousins and Power and Clifton and Deline. And like, they that's a team that I think could make a serious push as soon as this year. They were only a point out last year. I mean, they were, they were right there at the end of the season. So it wouldn't shock me if that's a team that is pushing for uh, the top three in the Atlantic. I'm not saying that they're going to take out the Bruins uh, from the top three or the Sabres or, or Toronto. I just, I wouldn't surprise if they're a little bit more of a threat than Florida. Yeah. I mean, it's all going to come down to just how much of a leap some of these guys can take. Um, You always run the risk of, you can kind of go through two different paths when you have really young, talented teams. You have teams like, I think the Devils who you have that level of expectation where these guys are going to kind of take their lumps for a little bit but they seem to be a team that's on that trajectory of being a powerhouse right away. They have young guys that deliver. They have a, a good balance as well of some other players. Whereas I think maybe Buffalo is leaning very heavily on like these guys that are 20, 25, 26. Not to say that that's not important to have like that core moving forward, but usually I think you have a little bit more adversity. You hit a few more walls when you have a, a, a locker room that's comprised mostly of those players. You see like on the devils, they got, few veterans sprinkled in here and there, which I think helps out quite a bit. Um, but yeah, for Buffalo, it's all going to be, I think the goaltending is the biggest key. I think we know at this point what to expect from a guy like Tage Thompson. We know what Darlene can bring. We know Owen Power, barring something catastrophic, is going to continue to assert himself as a proven top flight defenseman. Like they've got the talent and they have the, the guys that are on the trajectory of being impact players, if they not already are. So it's going to come down to the goaltending, right? And again, it's, the the toughest position to kind of map out in terms of finding that consistency and that variance. And you look at Levi and, you know, he's not the biggest guy out there. The numbers speak for themselves, whether it's in college uh, or even during his kind of short stints up in the NHL. So if he can run with it and be a guy that can assert himself early on. That's a scary team. Like we saw last year, they can score in bunches Buffalo. It's just, they give up a whole bunch of goals down the other end of the ice. If you can kind of negate that a little bit, that's a scary team that um, should be fun to watch. Like, yeah. I'm kind of excited because I think Buffalo, when they have a good team, it's great to see. It's kind of like the Flyers. I think the NHL is better when those kind of teams are good. But um, it's also the opposite side of that same coin. makes it tougher for the Bruins if they do take a big step forward because you already have to deal with what is arguably probably the deepest division in the NHL already. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is, uh, you know, you look at a guy like even Deline, he gets he's been better every yeah. single year he's turning into a stud to have him and Owen Power on the same team is is pretty wild. You mentioned, though, the, the Buffalo being good is good for the NHL. I mean, that's a top market. That's a top TV market for the NHL. Like that's a they get a lot of national games. And it's kind of been a drag because the past couple of years, the Bruins go there and it's just the most boring team on the other side. Like they're yeah. young or there's not much there. Uh, and it's been years. I mean, Milan Lucic literally did break the Buffalo Sabres. Um, 
when you really think about it uh, with the Ryan Miller hit. But I, I just, it, it's good to see them better again. I know it makes things tougher for the Bruins, but I think it's good that there's another good matchup like that. Um, so yeah, I think they're my biggest, uh, you know, Florida's there again. I've, I have undervalued Florida forever since last season, you know, since, you know, before the playoffs last season, I feel like I shouldn't do that. Um, but again, I'm just looking at the circumstances and on paper, I just think that that Sabres team in the regular season, I'm not saying, you know, in the playoffs, I think in the playoffs, a fully healthy Florida team beats Buffalo, but um, I just think during the regular season, it wouldn't surprise me if Buffalo made a little bit of a push uh, to get into that top three. Uh, moving along, another question. Which team improved the most in the Atlantic Division this offseason? I can tell you right now, it definitely wasn't the Bruins. Uh, but what would you say the team was that improved the most? I think it's a team we have not talked about yet. Oh, I mean, I'll have you lead first because I'm actually curious to see which one you think is. Well, I think it's I think it's Detroit, um, which, again, I know it's, you know, whatever, but they got to bring it. I think that, you know, I don't think that puts them up. That's where there's a reason we didn't mention them, you know, vying for the top three in the Atlantic. Um, but that improves. That's an improvement. Um, you know, they met some other uh, players, JT Comfer, I think Shane Goss, the spare, um, you know, again, not huge names. This is another thing they do where they, you know, it was like last year, too. They have a bunch of, a bunch of cap space and they they sort of use it. Um Again, that's not a team that I suspect will be in the hunt this year. I mean, you saw, was it Zadina or no, Hronik? Which one was yeah. it? Who went to Vancouver? I think it was Hronik. 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 Hronik went to Vancouver. And that was a guy that, again, you drafted high. And it goes to show that you can draft high all you want. It does not guarantee a single thing um, in this league or in any league. But I don't know. The Red Wings are an interesting team. I'm not saying that they're going to, you know, be in the hunt. But I do think they, on paper, improved. And if that Iser plan is as smart as people say it is, when are we going to start to see some returns on that thing? Uh, but so again, I, I just think that that's a team that uh, that may have improved. Who would you say? Yeah, I mean, it sucks. I feel like the team that sticks out to me the most is Buffalo. That's all just internally, right? Like, I think they just have enough guys that should take steps forward. You add in Levi. Like, it, I think it's so tough when you look at some of these other teams that maybe made some splashy moves, but I just don't know if they really move the needle in terms of pushing them into – not in contender status, but a team that is poised to kind of take the a jump up in the standings. Like I look at Detroit, and I think we've talked about this before. They spend a whole lot of money, sign a whole bunch of guys, but I still don't know whether it's a guy like Andrew Kopp, even a guy like Debrinket, like a guy who can score a lot, but you have other issues there. Um, you look at kind of the defense other than Cider. You're like, I just don't know if that team really has moved the needle yet in terms of putting it all together. It's like something that I think Bruins fans have to be worried about is that they have a lot of money next year. And you want them to spend, but make sure you spend it on impact guys. Like, you know, yes. if, let's say if it's like Andrew Kopp was a free agent uh, next year and you signed him to a huge deal. Could he be a 2C? Yeah, maybe. Like, maybe he's kind of like that Zaka that could be a 2C with the right guys around him. But is he a guy that moves the needle? No. Like, I, I, I wouldn't put Kopp in that. I think a very good player, but I think on a very good team, he is a great 3C. Um, yes. So, yep. So, so. So I think for Detroit, uh, that's a team that, yeah, they've added guys and bring it should help, but still don't know if that vaults them up. Same with like Ottawa, right? I mean, they, they obviously lose to Brinkett. They, they bring in a guy like Tarasenko, but um, again, a lot of young talent on that team, but defense, goaltending still, I, I still think there's some issues there, like whether it's a guy like Corpusala or what have you. I just don't see them taking another big step forward. Um, Red Wings goaltending, so yeah. by the way, is also not. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I, again, 
a lot of those teams did make moves, but I look at like a team like Buffalo, which is all mostly internal, as being the team that probably is taking that biggest step forward. And I think it's you know maybe it's maybe it's cop out on my part, but I also think it's just you look at just the amount of internal talent on that Buffalo team that should take that natural step forward. I think that seems makes the most sense over teams like Detroit or Ottawa that were a lot more involved this offseason. Before we continue on with the conversation, I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now, obviously, is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. Again, bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. And all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Again, visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. In Mass, 21 plus and present in Mass. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends September 18th, 2023. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription revenue renews. Cancel any time. Now, back to the show. Where would you put Toronto in that? Because Toronto, I mean, on paper, I mean, Bertuzzi definitely adds some goal scoring. um, But Klingberg on the back end, I mean, that's a guy who, to me, it kind of goes along with one of those to bring it, or kind of how you classified the Tarasenko move, where it's, you add a name, but does it move the needle at all? You know, like, I feel like for the last five years, the Maple Leafs have added these borderline top pairing, top four defensemen, Muzzin, Klingberg, um, I'm forgetting some others, uh, Brody, guys like that who don't really move the needle at all. And it feels like that's kind of one of those moves. I mean, Klingberg might be able to put up some points for you, but that's not like a shutdown guy by any means. Yeah, I mean, I think for them, it's the same thing. They've obviously changed some stuff around. Listen, they've got good value with some guys like Bertuzzi, Max Domi, which again, leans into the fact you're going to generate some chances, but you're going to give up quite a few on the other end of the ice. Ryan Reeves, yeah. uh, you know, there's things like that. Uh, defense, again, you said Klingberg was not good last year, uh, really. I don't know really why they targeted him, especially at what, $4.1 million is a cap it, I think, which they've, uh, they have quite a few other guys like Giordano and, and stuff that are really kind of saving them quite a bit. But I think it all comes down to the goaltending situation, right? Like, they're going to score. There's talent and hell, like they can go and run off of just that talent alone. Like we're waiting for it because like it's there, but still that goaltending, that defense in critical moments still gives me pause. I think they could like, you told me they're going to have 115, 120 points. We're not be surprised. They have enough talent to do that. Guys are still in their prime. They have them locked down. Um, they have cap space next year. They're in a good spot. 
a lot of teams would kill to have you know the the flexibility they have with their talent in place. That defense and goaltending, I feel like they're just missing one more proven top four guy, and they need just some more stability in net. Uh, until that changes, until Samsonov, one of these guys, uh, you know, takes off, I'm going to be skeptical. Yeah, I don't know how you can't be. I mean, take out like the curse. I mean, they finally got past the first round this past year, and you know, take out just all the the stuff we normally say about Toronto and their history. Like, you're right. What is their goaltending situation, and are your defensemen good enough? And I don't, I don't think they are. I just think that that defense is just not good enough. And you know, it's they're sort of a team that feels built for the regular season. Like you put up a ton of points, you score a lot of goals, you get a lot of highlight real goals for for Twitter and Instagram, and and Tyler Bertuzzi probably most likely gets a lot of points this year, and and hopefully for him gets a big payday next off season, but. Uh, I just don't know how this team is, you know, I mean, they're older, they're more experienced. They've gotten past the first round. Like they should continue to move up in the, in the, you know, uh, in the playoff brackets. But I just, I don't know. I don't know if they're that much improved over what they were. They were already a high scoring team. Okay. They're going to score more goals. Great. But are you going to prevent more goals? I, I have a tough time thinking they are. Um, We'll get back to the top of the division. I want to go sort of to the bottom now. Um, we mentioned them a little bit at the beginning. Red Wings, Senators, Canadians. Feels like the Red Wings and Senators are in sort of a different class than the Canadians and that the Red Wings and Senators are young teams that have been rebuilding for a little bit here that should be kind of starting to get into the thick of things that aren't. Whereas the Canadians are a young team. I mean, they really just kind of started rebuilding in the last year or two. Um, things seem to be going pretty well i mean at least in terms of the young guys they're getting whether it be Caulfield, um i know they got you know ryan backer at the draft every the people were booing but i mean again he's a big right shot defenseman i mean who's gonna someday probably log 20 to 25 minutes a night in the nhl um but what do you think i mean what do you think of those three do you think that there's any chance any of them compete this year i mean maybe like a team like detroit or something they've invested enough in like these players and it's the sum of some of their pots puts them up ahead Montreal, I think, is a, a ways away, but as you said, they're at least on a right path. Like that's not they are not doing it wrong. They're not like a team like I think even Ottawa, they've got young talent, but you know they're gonna sell them off eventually, or like they're investing in the wrong guys at key spots like a, a corporate solo or what have you. Um they want to be good again. <laughs> yes, they want yeah, to they be good do. again. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Excuse me. Oh my god. Yeah, so, so I, I, I <laughs> turned into Montreal, a gremlin for a second. <laughs> I know. I'm very passionate about these teams. Um <laughs> very but but I think Montreal, yeah, they're still a ways away, but they're on the right path. They're going to be there in a couple of years, so they're pretty solid. Um, Detroit, though, again, it's all going to come down to just whether their uh, combined grouping there can kind of push them ahead. I don't know if they have, like, franchise players or anyone that's – you have to watch – I mean, Cider's great, too, but I don't know. I just can't see enough of those teams making enough of a jump to get past a team like Tampa, Toronto, or even Boston. Like, Boston, again – We've talked about it before. I don't know if people have talked about this, but uh, a lot of talent has left this team. But I think you look at just their strengths on defense and goaltending. Uh, they've got a lot of veteran players. So I think they can kind of withstand what maybe some of these younger teams can kind of bring uh, in some of these matchups. So, again, maybe Detroit takes a bit of a step forward. They hover around the playoffs. So you have to keep tabs on them in uh, February and March. But, I still don't think those guys are really ready to take that big step forward. 
Yeah, I mean, I think only sort of the red flag those three teams raise is down the line, you know, two, three years, four years, you know, they're going to be vying for those top three spots. They're going to be vying, um, you know, for the playoffs if things go according to plan. But as we know, things typically don't uh, always go according to plan. Uh, but again, the Senators have some good young players, you know, like a Jake Sanderson, uh, Shane Pinto. There's a lot of question marks about him and the Bruins and all that stuff, which we'll get into uh, at another time. But um, by the way, Canadians also have a good young coach and Marty St. Louis and a good GM. Yeah. And Hughes. So I feel like, Kind of way. Yeah, like that's a team that it, all signs point up. Now, granted, maybe we look at the Red Wings a few years ago and say, oh, Iserman's there. And I think it was Blashill at the time, who was a pretty good young coach, um, and say, oh, that, that team's going to be good in a few years. But, I mean, the Canadians are a very good, you know, franchise. They want to win. That's a team that needs to be in the hunt. The league is better when they're in the hunt. Um, and I think that that's a, um, a promising group. That's a whole discussion for another day of, like, you know, how is this Bruins core going to match up with, you know, the Canadians core when it's at its peak and, and the senators and and maybe the Red Wings, if they're in it and the Sabres and all that stuff. But that's something that's not a this year problem. That can be a future years problem, but it will be a problem at some point. Yes. Um, number four question. Are the lightning still a top three team? I think without a doubt. Yes. Uh, I think the lightning to me, you know, yes, they've lost depth. They've lost Kalorn. They lost Ross Colton. They did sign some guys to sort of try to alleviate that. But you still have Stamkos and Kucherov and Hedman and Vasilevsky in that. Like, that's still a very good team. Maybe they're not as deep for the postseason. I still think they're going to find ways to add during the year to, to kind of help that. But I don't see them as one of the three teams at the top that falls out. What do you think? Yeah, I- Again, you look at they've lost depth year after year, whether it's guys like Goudreau or uh, Kalorn, obviously. Um, I mean, so many different guys and that that middle six grouping that I think will really put them over the top. But kind of look at them now, as you said. They're a team that has a lot of veteran medal, has quite a few guys that have won a Stanley Cup before. Very top-heavy, but anchored by elite players and have an elite goalie in net. Kind of sounds like the Bruins for like from like – the 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 run they had like through like 2017 through like 2021 before they decided to finally add depth and something's kind of fell their way so yeah again are they going to be the best team in the league no but again i think their team is more inclined to kind of go through cruise control and, and you know hold at the second or third spot and uh ramp things up for the playoffs but yeah they the scoring depth maybe, maybe won't be there but they have enough talent outright that they're going to be fine you adding guys like Hagel. Every year, it seems like Tampa has one or two random guys who come up from, like, the queue who end up having, like, a 35-point season. Um, so, I, I think it's still the best coach, I think, in the NHL. So, again, that's a team that, honestly, if Andre Vasilevsky is just hot net and win a couple of series uh, in his own right, uh, and who knows, maybe, like, a first-round exit is kind of what they need to reset the thing. You can only go so many rounds into the Stanley Cup final or the conference final where you starts wearing a little thin – Guys get a little uh, tied around that time of the uh, the spring. So I think they're going to be right in the, the thick of it just off of that talent alone they have up top. And again, Tampa just seemed to team that, as you said, whether it's internal guys, guys they have on their roster to take a step forward or guys in their system, the deadline, what have you, they always seem to add guys that end up being pretty steady contributors for them. So I'm not expecting a huge drop off from them. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, you know, if you want to talk like last year in the past couple of years, we've said like, all right, when are they not going to go? 
to the Stanley Cup final? You know, when are they going to sort of kind of, you know, get gassed? But I mean, regular season wise, I think they're the pieces are there that they're fine. Uh, Bruins have been surprisingly good against them uh, in you know, the past couple yeah. of seasons. Um, but I just think that the pieces are there that that team with that core with Vasilevsky and that I mean, you would need injuries to hit. You would need some serious slumps that I don't foresee happening for them to sort of fall out. Um, so again, yeah, they're still at the top. Um, and it gets us to this. Who wins the division? Who do you who do you have winning the division? Do you have a pick yet? If you don't have a pick, I can go because I have my pick. But yeah, I, I think probably Toronto just has the most high end talent. That I think, as you said, they're built for the until they prove us otherwise. They're built for the regular season. Like even last year, they have enough guys that I think can control the puck in the ozone. That guys on defense that can move the puck. That I think what was it December? I think was it Samsonov or maybe it was Murray had you know some of the best save percentage in the entire league. Like they have guys that can obviously make things easier for their goaltending, which is kind of their fault on their, in their roster. So I think Toronto's still going to be really good. Even like Austin Matthews probably had a down year in terms of his production. Not to say that you expect him to score 60 goals every year, but he could be due for another big season. Um, a lot of talent up and down that lineup, especially up front. So I'll still go Toronto. I think is still probably the, the class of the Atlantic in terms of just the outright talent. We'll see kind of where uh, things fall after that. Yeah, I got Toronto as well. Hurts me to say it, but I just think that, as you said, um, you know, a lot of goals. It helps in the regular season. I will say one area where I think the Bruins could have an advantage over other teams in, in the Atlantic. You know, you mentioned some of those bottom teams, like the Sabres and, and the Canadian. Well, you know, Sabres aren't a bottom team, team, but team that outside that's outside of the playoffs. You know, the Sabres, Canadians, Senators, uh, Red Wings. You know, an area where the Bruins still have an advantage is Defense and goaltending, you know, you can out-defend those teams. You can uh, outplay those teams uh, in goalie matchups. Like, that's how you can beat those teams. You can also score more than them, but I think you just defend better. Um, and even even so, I mean, like, you know, against a team like Toronto or Tampa, I still think your goaltending is good enough, your defense is good enough that you'll be in all of those games, you know, and it's a way to beat them. Obviously, against a team like Toronto, you got to find a way to shut down Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Bertuzzi and Tavares. And that's not easy, but you do have like a pretty good thing going back there to potentially shut them down. Um, so I'm not, I'm not putting the Bruins over any of them. I'm not putting them over uh, Tampa, uh, Toronto. And I'm also putting them over Tampa. I'm going to say Bruins right now, unless something crazy changes. And I know we'll do like a season preview, but as of right now, I'd put them at third in the Atlantic division. I'd put them at third. Yeah. I think that's where I'm putting them too. I, I think they have, a more chance to hover around two and three than like the second wild card spot and worry about them dropping out of it. Again, that's probably just a very optimistic outlook on my part. But again, I think we'll dive into that more, but I still think they're more in that level as opposed to a team where you have to worry about the red wings or someone else leaping them in the standings and push them out of the playoffs entirely. Yeah. I don't know if it's that super like optimism. I don't, I think that's kind of realistic. I know people, <laughs> definitely people might disagree with us, I think for sure, but I just, I, I don't know. We can get into this deeper another time, but I just, I don't know. I think you still have, uh, you know, you have a, a bedrock and net, you have solid D and, you know, up front, we kind of mentioned it. If you kind of take that money ball approach, you can be all right. Again, I'm not saying they're going to win the division. I'm just saying that Thinking that they're going to keep compete for the second or third spot in the Atlantic is not crazy. So again, I put them at at third. Uh, I don't see them sucking. I know people might be like, "But Evan, you said that Jay should trade the piece at the deadline." It's like, no, 
if they suck, they should trade pieces at the deadline. But I don't think that will happen. So there's that. I also think they're a heavy team. The Bruins are going to be a very heavy and somewhat slow team this year, for sure. Um, I'm curious how that impacts the rest of the division, you know, against faster teams, against uh, younger teams, you know, are they laying guys out in center ice is, is Lucic challenging, you know, you know, freaking, uh, you know, Tage Thompson to go at it. I was looking recently, I forgot Tage Thompson fought Kevin Miller back in uh, 2021. Yes. How about that? Whew. Yes. I don't think it went well for him. No, it didn't, but he's hung in give, there. Give, hung. Give, give him credit. Yes. He hung in there. That's not an easy fighter. Uh, but anyway, that's Bruins beat. This week, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe as Bruin stuff starts to ramp up? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have uh, a few more practices over at Warrior now. Again, training camp won't start until, I think, middle of next week. But we have captain's practice. We have rookie practice, I think, coming up as they get ready for their uh, prospect showcase over in Buffalo. But they'll be here in Boston uh, for at least one day. Um, yeah, we actually will have tangible stuff to talk about as I think more and more as we get closer and closer to the start of camp. Uh, so we'll have you covered with everything over at boston.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins beat listeners. Have a great rest of your week. (laughs) 